Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We are just over the moon on all of you all that showed up for the emotional processing workshop. It was amazing. <laughs> what did you think, Maria? Oh my gosh. It was just, it was amazing. Number one, to see everyone there who is just wanting to go into a space of deeper wholeness and healing and freedom, you know, and it was really awesome just to hear the feedback from it, um, to just hear your guys' stories have been incredible. And, and now you guys are going to be able to take this and continue that in your own life. So I thought that was incredible. It really was. And so we um, have with us today our expert coach, certified life coach, Erin Vandervoort, back to really be here. Girl, she is the expert. We're just bringing her in. She's here to teach you all the things. So she's so graciously accepted to join us and be here to teach us all the things. So Erin, let's talk a little bit about why emotional processing isn't only just a part of life of something you should tap into, but it's really necessary into really stepping into that life of freedom that we also desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is a really, uh, thanks for, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here always. And, um, you know, I think that one of the things that really struck me about the workshop is that, um, it, you know, kind of clarifying for a lot of people what it really is, right. Because beforehand and, you know, hearing the questions that we were getting, it's really difficult to kind of describe what it is. And because there's a lot of things going on in the world where, you know, you, you, you go to things and people are kind of, you know, bringing down energy onto things. And there's a lot of, you know, um, more like new age, um, trends happening. And so being really clear about the distinction between, you know, how emotional processing is a skill that just we can learn to do for ourselves, right? And this isn't something that is done to you by someone else, right? This is something that, you know, is you do to yourself as a human being, right? And it's like emotions being part of our life and being able to say, okay, what is the proper way in which to process these, right? Just like our thoughts, you know, um, and how I can kind of let things happen to me or, and kind of, you know, there's always that spectrum of extremes, right? We can let emotional, um, life or emotions like really get the better of us and just stay stuck in them, or we can ignore them on the other hand and just stuff them. Right. And, and so both of those extremes, like we know those are not healthy ways to process and deal with emotions and emotions have been such a huge, um, trend for people in, at least in our generation 
Yeah. Really saying, okay, wait, I know we haven't been doing this well in generations mm-hmm. past often. And what is a better way? And there's been so much research lately. And so this is, that's why this is so new. So it's been really amazing to see, um, you know, these people who came to the workshop, are y'all, you know, coming to the workshop and really having a new understanding about your own emotional life as a human. And it is, it's so important to actually learn how to process your emotions, because otherwise you will stay stuck in that buffering that we've talked about or that overindulgence. And so we really want to encourage you to step into learning how to process an emotion and it, it is life changing. Um, Maria, you have so much experience walking people through emotional processing. Um, tell us just a little bit about that. Yeah. So one of the things that, that I've really seen in, you know, in the coaching field, and then also just in, you know, there's several different modalities that I've been trained in, um, in the Christian sphere of, um, just healing of memories, even, you know, it's something called theophostic, which is essentially like a prayer ministry, but it, it ties in again with Aaron. I like how you talk about just, it's something, it's not something that we're doing to people. It's something that they are learning to do for themselves. Right. And it's something that every human being has the capacity to do just most of us have never been taught how to do it. And so, you know, we know, and those of you who listen to our podcast, you know how important we talk a lot about God's dreams, you know, over us are so much bigger than our own and our, you know, that that's a huge part. And when you process emotions with the Lord and something else that, you know, as those of you who did this last, this with us was, you know, the forgiveness piece that we tie in also, because we know that forgiveness really can either keep you stuck or it can bring about more freedom and that, that unforgiveness. And again, they have done studies on this where they've seen unforgiveness can literally call dis-ease in your body. You know, there's been diseases mm-hmm. that people have had as a result of unforgiveness. And so we know that being able to actually process emotions and being able to forgive and those elements work really beautifully together for us to live from a place of greater freedom where, where there's even been releases in people's bodies, you know, where literally they've had knots in their, in their back or they've had um, one, one person that I did with had like uh, perpetual like tension mm-hmm. um, and would carry that tension. And it was literally a physical release of almost like being able to breathe. You know, um, MK, you have a good example about just even with the unforgiveness part. Yeah. I mean, unforgiveness is something I think sometimes that's where we buffer again. We think, oh, I've forgiven that person. And we, we really just don't think about it, but forgiveness is actually an act of the will. And so we first have to will forgiveness. And I think in so many times in our life, we'll see someone and they'll trigger like, oh, and we know that we really haven't forgiven them. And, and, you know, a mentor in my life once told me unforgiveness is like acid on your soul. It is just eroding every bit of you. And isn't it true? You know, we, we, it's like, I'm sure you've heard this said, it's like uh, drinking a bottle of poison and expecting the other person to end up in the hospital. Not that we really want that to happen to anyone, but it really does hold us back. You know, for example, if I am mad at my sister-in-law and she lives four hours away from here. She doesn't care if I'm mad at her. She's on with her own life. She probably doesn't even know about it. But every day it's just like a wheel in my brain that just keeps coming up. And I am holding on to it so tightly, white knuckling, unwilling to forgive. And the only person I'm hurting is myself. So this is a big component of emotional processing. And the reason it's such a big component is because everything we do here is to lead you into more freedom, right? And while freedom is really what we desire at the core. 
Aaron, tell us a little bit more about the freedom and why that's so important. Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, one thing that really strikes me about emotional processing is this idea that, you know, a lot of times we, we can be so busy or make ourselves so busy and distracted. I just hear so much, uh, language about like, I just don't want to deal. Like, I just don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to think about it. And what's fascinating is that, you know, a typical emotion, um, that we could experience and processing in the moment of receiving and even a negative emotion typically lasts between 60 and 90 seconds. But a lot of times we will just stuff it somewhere deep inside and carry it and carry it. And I had, um, one client that I did an emotional processing session with, and she was just so surprised that she's like, that's all that was like, that's it. Like, that's what processing an emotion is like. And she's like, I've been carrying this around for 10 years and experiencing the freedom that I have now, just thinking of like, what if I had felt free 10 years ago? And she's like, but it was always this thing where she was kind of taught that, you know, emotions are bad and emotions are negative and emotions are weak. And so if you are crying because something sad happened or, um, you know, reacting to something kind of in a, an emotional way that that was weakness and negative. And so she, any bad thing that happened or she just stuffed it deep inside. So really, um, just not being afraid of it, I guess, and not being, um, just realizing like there is, you don't have to carry this around forever. You don't have Um, to have a glass of wine to take the edge off or let me go have a beer. How many times do we hear that? Mm -hmm. You know, when we are using alcohol or anything to uh, talk it on the phone to a girlfriend to ignore and deal with the situation, we know that we are buffering. Right. And so I challenge you to really dive in and actually think about and process that emotion. Yeah. And what about, you know, and we're not going to go super deep into this because we're going to be talking about this more in the upcoming weeks, but we know that cleaning out our emotions helps to set a stage for confidence. You know, it helps us set a stage more for us to step into really who we are, you know, and who we want to be. And we were talking about this, you know, some before the show and Erin, I'd love for you to share, you had some really beautiful thoughts on that and how much, what this does as prep work for that and the role that that plays. Yeah. So I really like to think about confidence in, um, you know, confidence is something we all want, right? Everyone wants to feel confident. We want to present ourselves as confident to the world, but I think more importantly, we want to feel confident in the decisions that we make and the, the ways that we can be intentional. And I find that that is a struggle that a lot of, a lot of people have, because when we're seeking external validation from someone else, right? If we need someone else's opinion in order to validate our choices and decisions, that's not freedom, right? It's not helping us to cultivate a, um, a life of freedom and confidence in ourselves. So a lot of times what happens is people have spent all of their decisions you know, seeking validation, external validation first, and are just not confident. So I see this in a lot of college students, for example, um, who, you know, their first time away from home have always run every decision by their parents. And, um, you know, it's like, 
you, it's like you try and address and then you have to ask, you know, five friends, you know, whether or not it looks good on you or not. Right. It's, or, or if you like it, you know, and being able to have that confidence in saying, you know, okay, this, I've decided to buy this dress, you know, because I like it. And there's nothing wrong with having other people's opinions, but if every decision of our life has to be validated by someone else, that's not confidence. And it's actually, it's not free. So what we're talking about when we talk about um, there's that external validation of confidence, but I think what we're really looking for is self-confidence, like that deep confidence that comes within, despite what anyone else says. So it's that confidence, like imagine being so confident in a decision that you make or in who you are as a person that it doesn't matter if someone agrees with you or not. It doesn't matter if someone tells you that that was a good idea or a bad idea. It doesn't affect you at all. And that's the freedom that we want to move to a place of when it comes to confidence and call it really like self-confidence. Yeah. And just like knowing that I'm in this situation and I know exactly what to do and I'm good at it. Right. Like I know exactly what to do here. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a script that you've uh, an affirmation that you've used a lot, Aaron is. Um, what's your exact affirmation? Yeah. Yeah. This came from one of my mentors, which she kind of talks about it in the sense of, you know, um, the difference really between confidence of that external piece and that internal self-confidence is how you treat yourself, Mm -hmm. right? It's how you treat yourself when you fail. How do you treat yourself when you make a mistake? Are you constantly beating yourself up about it? Or that that self-confidence comes from a place of, I have my own back. You know, I know that if I mess up, like I'm going to be okay. You know, I know that I um, am going to make a commitment and move forward to it. No matter what kind of things get in the way, obstacles get in the way, I'm not going to quit. And I, I believe that. And I know that about myself. So one script that, um, that I love is, you know, I trust myself. I know what to do. And just being able to have that, like, that's a self-confidence builder, right? How are we in and deciding on that standard? How am I going to treat myself when I fail? Mm -hmm. Now, how other people are going to treat me? Not how do I have to hide or posture myself or show a perspective of myself? I only want people to see or dress up and take a cute picture and put it on Instagram so I can get so many, you know, likes and follows. And that makes me feel better. But how do I actually show up as my authentic self and be confident in who I really am? I love that. And we had talked about this quite a while back and I don't remember which podcast it was, but we had talked about the idea that sometimes we're so afraid in making decisions for ourselves, you know, that we, we feel like we do have to default to other people. And when the reality is, if we are trusting ourselves and we're trusting God that like, even if we mess something up, even if we go down a wrong path, we're like, oops, okay, we're allowed to pivot. You know, we are allowed to pivot. And in the process, you learn a lot, both about yourself and about this other people. And you also learn how you can trust the Lord too. And so you're, you have this beautiful combination through that process of learning confidence and also learning that, that you can trust yourself. You can trust God. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it's exactly that it's, I think confidence and trust are like together, hand in hand, right. It's totally hand in hand because it's really saying like, I'm not confident in this person, or I'm not confident that the Lord will take care of me. What that was really calling into question is trust. And 
you know, the bottom line, I guess, when we're kind of giving that assessment to ourselves of like, how self-confident am I, you know, is do I trust myself? Do I trust myself to follow through with what I said I was going to do? Can I trust myself to keep my commitments to myself for myself? Mm. Um, you know, it is, I think it is it's so linked to trust. It really is. And just to take it to an even deeper level is, you know, we trust ourselves and we remember that we are co-creators of our life. My life is not being created by Maria or Aaron. And so you may not know what's best for me. Shockingly, your best friend may not know exactly, but also are we trusting? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I do call for everything, but are we really trusting God? And you know, this is something I have really delved into myself is having ungodly self-reliance. So we remember it's not just about us because yes, we are called to act in accordance with God. Right. So I trust myself and I trust that God's plan for my life is great. And I know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. You remember when we were talking about responsibility, right? This goes kind of back, right? So if we're kind of lacking in that trust, that's leading, that's, we're kind of abdicating our responsibility and living in passivity. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're saying, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm going to make this decision and, um, but I don't, I'm not confident in it. So I'm going to let other people make it for me. And it's like, I'm just, I did this because my mom told me to, I did this because my best friend said it was okay. I dated this guy because he said that I was beautiful or whatever. And that's all of that is not taking responsibility for the relationship, for the decision And it's really an abdication of that responsibility. And we're really abdicating our role as hero or the primary person in our own life. Mm. So good. So we want you to try out this this week to tell yourself, I trust myself. I trust the Lord and I know what to do. Mm -hmm. Just try it out. Try it out. Mm-hmm. Every day, tell yourself, I trust myself. I trust God's plan for my life and I know what to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, There's um, something really empowering about that, you know, cause you really do, the more you step into that, the more confidence that you start to feel. It's funny. Cause even when I was trying to decide whether to move to Wilmington or not several years ago, I remember feeling like, oh gosh, I don't know what to do. What if I make the wrong decision? And there was, you know, there was all of this stuff. And I remember talking to one of my brothers and he was like, well, he's like, Maria, what's the worst case scenario, you know, like, okay, worst case scenario, you move there and you discover, ah, don't really want to stay here, you know, (laughs) or best case scenario, you end up moving there and you love it. And there's, you know, and, and he, he just had such a good reminder, Maria, you can pivot, you know, you, you step into that, the Lord's going to be with you. And if that's ends up not being great choice, you'll learn some lessons along the way. You have some ups and downs and joys and frustrations and you're allowed to turn around and pivot. And that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was funny because then when I came to my next move, my confidence was in such a different place after doing that. Cause I was now able to say, oh, I've done this before. And I know if it's not the right thing, I can totally, I can make a new decision. Mm-hmm. You know and the Lord took care of me in this case. And yeah, there was ups and downs, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah, Maria, I think that's so good. And the thing with decision-making is that oftentimes we present ourselves as being at a crossroads and we kind of over dramatic, over dramatize it. Yeah. Where it's, there's this one right answer and this one wrong answer. And like, what's the one 
right decision and the one right answer. And I just encourage you to think about what if there's a thousand right answers, what if there's a hundred right answers, you know, and it's not this like, because it's like, we're almost like a shot in the dark, you know, trying to like, well, I don't know, is it moved to Wilmington or not? Or what if it, what if Wilmington is one of many options that are all good for you or all things, a part of, you know, your journey or, or just for this season, but we're often make it this one right decision that we're looking for. And that it's supposed to be the one thing for the rest of our life. And there's very few decisions that have that kind of length to them anyway. Uh, so just to encourage you to think about what if there's, there's more than one good option for you. It's so good, especially in light of, you know, like your career. I know a lot of, of girls that I have worked with think, I don't know what to major in. I have to decide, you know, I'm going into my second year of college and I have to know like, what am I going to do for the rest of your life? And I'll laugh at them and say, listen, I am 18 years, 20 years out of college. And I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And if you, you know, I've already had three careers in my, in my life. I'm not even that old, you know, 30 years young. No, anyhow. Um, and it's okay. You can pivot and go. Yeah. And so we just want to encourage you to, it's okay. You don't have to make a decision for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever read the, um, choose your own adventure books growing up? Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I hated those. Because you're like, I was like, what if I make the decision and I die in this one? <laughs> and I think sometimes, sometimes I find that like my brain wants to go into that drama space of like, oh my gosh, if I don't make the right. And I think that's been one of the most freeing things over the last several years is being like, no, not every decision is going to be so dramatic or needs to be so dramatic. That like, there's a lot of really great decisions. <laughs> they really are. get bit by a snake and fall off the cliff. Right. Right. It was always, I was like, can I peek ahead and then choose? <laughs> That's right. And it's, it really is. Most things are changeable in life, but that, and that does lead me to one other thought of how your wedding day. And we put so much around the emphasis of that person that you marry. And that should be the most important decision because you can change a job and you can change where you live, but really who you spend the rest of your life with and create your family with really is such an important decision, right? So that's one that we want to really encourage you to spend time on and really discern properly, um, not to get too off topic here, but just talking, you know, and how important it is to learn to process emotions and to have the self-confidence will lead you to the right relationships, which we'll get into down the road. Coming up, we're going to stay on the emotional processing because that is the first pro- the first part of the process of walking you into freedom. And stay tuned for more on self-image, self-confidence, relationships, because at the core, we're made for relationship and we want you to be not surviving, but thriving in all of these areas of life. So thank you so much. Anything else you'll have to add ladies on how to water your grass this week? Mm. I'd say if you, if you weren't able to hop on to the emotional processing, put on your calendar for the next one so you can learn how to do this. If you did, it's a great practice to continue doing, you know, keep yeah. doing what you learned. You might um, have another emotion you need to process. So come back, join us with a cup of coffee on a Saturday morning. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I just w- spent a couple of weeks away from home uh, on vacation and uh, just really encourage you to make that a part of your life. A lot of times we'll stick vacation or, you know, try to save our vacation days or something, but just even to get away from your normal routine and your normal things that you have to do and just step out of your 
everyday life for a little while uh, is just so refreshing, especially coming back and bringing perspective. You see things that you're really thankful for. Like before I left, I didn't think my bed was that comfortable. And I was like, this is so much more comfortable than the bed I slept on on vacation. So I'm like, I love this bed. It's great. You know, and you just have more, uh, you know, gratitude and see things that you have in a new way. So that's how I, well, it was not refreshing for me because Aaron was off the grid and had no way to communicate with us. (laughs) We're like, bring her back, but we are so grateful for you. So we realized our gratitude for you even more, Aaron, your your friends will miss you when you're gone. So it's good. (laughs) Yeah, well, this has been fun and we just hope that this is serving you and pouring into you and to help yourself water your own grass by really, you know, filling your cup so that you can become a better person, have better relationships and really increase your own confidence and process those emotions so that you're not held back. You guys are in for a treat. We wanted to do something special with this episode coming off of our emotional processing workshop. We've had many people reach out to us to tell us um, just how healing it was and how excited they are to start incorporating that processing of emotions into their daily routine and life. And we also wanted you guys to be able to hear some of the stories of people who have done emotional processing. Some have been doing it regularly. Some have been, it's a newer thing, but there's some really beautiful stories and we just wanted to share those with you. So enjoy. We have some lovely friends with us who are going to really get into their experience and their testimonies, really their experience with emotional processing. So Maria, tell us. (laughs) Yeah. So we have several that you'll be getting to hear from today, but we're going to start with Miss Courtney Leong. She has done emotional processing several times and has just had a really cool experience with it. And we were excited for her to get to share just a little bit about that. So Courtney, welcome. And (laughs) would you just give our listeners just, you know, share maybe a little bit about, um, and you, again, you guys share as much as you feel comfortable with, because obviously emotional processing is personal, you know, but if you would like to just share a little bit of your story with it of, you know, if you want to share the context for it, you can, if not, you can just share what your experience was with that. Yeah. And the fruit of that, because we really want to focus on what is the freedom and what is the fruit coming out of that? And why do we even do this? Yeah. That's the point. Okay. That took me a minute to process this. It's a lot. There's just, I've got a lot of emotions coming up just thinking about it because all the freedom I've gotten from it's been amazing. So, you know, I have a very tough history. There's a lot of things in my life that was really uh, intense. And so when you're dealing with emotions, it's so important to have someone who can help work, work through it, walk through it, things of that nature. But it's also so important to have special tools, specific tools to help you understand them. And all too often when you experience any level of trauma, you end up finding yourself being buried by those emotions. And at at one point you just kind of numb out and you don't want to deal with it anymore. And I know that's how I've loved my life at times. But then you get to the point where you want to find change. You want to find freedom. You want to walk into the purpose that God has you. And so I liken basically dealing with these emotions. It's a lot like deep sea diving, if you will. And humanly possible, you can't go beyond 300 feet deep when you you scuba dive. And when you're at that depth, when when you're going to the surface, you cannot do it quickly. Because if you were to just shoot up to the surface, it would actually kill you, give you a heart attack because it's a thing called the bends. 
point being there is, is that when you are buried deep in emotions, and if you do not have a process, if you do not have the ability to take it a little bit at a time, small pieces, you can overwhelm your system so badly that you next, next thing you know, you're dealing with you know, chronic issues like chronic illness, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, things of that nature, the body starts to exhibit it all because you're putting too much pressure. So the gift that I've been given from emotional processing is the tools on how to, one, recognize the emotion, mm-hmm. two, be able to recognize how deep it is. Because sometimes if it's at the surface, I've got these wonderful tools that allow me to be able to figure it out on my own. But sometimes I will recognize, oh, I'm about to go back out into the deep. And this requires me reaching out to someone and having them sit with me and give me space to just build on that. And so what it's done over time is those really deep emotions have now become more shallow. And so when they start to, to creep up, I'm able to use the tools that I've been given. Hmm, I love it. Love it. Love it. We'll probably come back into the couple other things, Emily, and this is Miss Emily Adams. And she also has gone through emotional processing. And so what would you like to share about your experience with that and your fruit from it? Oh, thank you for having me on. And yeah, just, it was funny when I signed up to do it, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had um, originally kind of approached it from like, well, I need help with business and, and all of these things. And I want to like straight for that. And very quickly, I realized that the things that were even holding me back professionally were things that I had not processed through in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, working with Maria, that really kind of came to light. And I was able to really be able to finally let go of things that I had been holding deep down inside me. That's not to say that those, though, like, you know, fear was a big emotion that I had really clung, literally clung to. Um, and that had been present even from childhood. And so, you know, that carried through into adulthood and into my marriage and into having children. And then, you know, it's surfacing up in, in my um, professional life in just dealing with clients or, or trying to attain new clients. And I had never really made the connection that fear is fear, regardless of where it's coming from. And so be, to be able to like process that emotion, be able to recognize the connections between them and then to let them go was the most freeing experience. And, you know, I would say even within a couple of days, seeing how just being that process of being able to let it go started, started to surface up in, in situations where, you know, before I would overreact or overthink things or, you know, whatever, whatever the, the situation might've called for, um, I was handling it a lot differently. And understanding that the connection between my thoughts and emotions were a really big um, tool, I think, that emotional processing does is to be able to connect the, the emotion that you're having with the thought you're having and being able to say, actually, that's not the direction that I want to go in. I'm recognizing my thought. I would like to choose something different and having that freedom to realizing I actually have the freedom to do it, that it's not just something that's happening to me. And I think for a long time, I had been living in that space of 
you know, oh, I am feeling fearful or, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed or, oh, I'm really anxious. And so going back to the source of where is that stemming from? Okay. What would you like to choose? How would you like to choose differently in that, you know, circumstance um, has really been a huge gift that the tool of emotional processing really has been able to give me and being able to take that and apply that, you know, in my day to day, because we're going to be bombarded with emotions, but being able to say, okay, I'm going to, I recognize what's happening and here's what I'm going to do to see see where this is leading me. Love it. So good. And I would love for y'all to speak to just being able to do this on your own or, or the power of really having someone walk you through it. You know, it's, um, it's a lot of times like having that, that person that pulls us along, like even Courtney in your example, that when we don't want to do it, but, and with that, if in your own experiences, you also had a physical release, I know a lot of, a lot of women have had a physical release. So if you could kind of speak to that. And whichever one of you guys wants to answer first, Ken, (laughs) Emily. Uh, Yeah, I can answer first. So, um, Yes, I definitely had a physical release. Like I, you know, for a long time, I've been carrying around a lot of anxiety in my chest and in my shoulders. And even just going through it, like the first time it felt like something had been literally taken off of my shoulders. Um, you know, the example that I sort of hinted at with the fearfulness, um, you know, it, I think it was like, the next day or the day after I'd had this really, I think, unhealthy fear of losing my children. And a lot of that was, has been stemmed in, um, multiple miscarriages and loss. And, and, you know, I would go to the grocery store to a park and I would just have these like thoughts constantly just bombarding me of like, what's going to, something's going to happen to them. What's going to happen. Like you can't keep your eyes, you have to keep your eyes on them. And, you know, some, you know, whatever, just very irrational thinking. And a couple of days later, I went to a park and, you know, I was sitting there and people would come up to the park and my kids are playing and not once did I ever have that like negative go-to of like, Mm. oh, you better keep your person. Something's going to happen there. Or, oh, the kid's going to fall off the jungle gym. You know, something's going to happen with them. And I just was actually able to, to sit there and relax and enjoy myself with my children. And, you know, it had, I don't know if I had ever actually been able to do that before. And it was like, it was such a gift. Um, And I think, you know, going, walking through it with someone, especially the first time was so helpful because I think that, you know, having another person be able to draw, draw things out of you that you won't necessarily you know, a lot of times we put up our own roadblocks. That's usually our own, like, you know, things that are preventing us. And so having that person do that for you, be able to be able to like gently guide you. And it one made it less scary to be able to face some of those really hard emotions had been, you know, hitting you in the face, but you were just kind of like, I don't want to do it. Right now. Yeah. Um, and so then being able to move forward from that, you know, well, actually it's not that scary to face these things. I am okay. Like, and here's how I'm going to do this. You know, what if I just wrote down everything that was going on in my right now? <laughs> That's not that scary anymore, right? Like the first time you do it, it might be because you don't want to know what's in there, but to be able to 
first have that person say like, it's okay, we're going to walk through this together was really encouraging and then gave me permission to be able to do that on my own. Mm. That's amazing. That's so powerful. I love it. Courtney, how about you? Um, So one of the things that I've recognized is that, you know, we start understanding our emotions. We start understanding our thoughts at childbirth. If you think about it, when we are born, even in the womb, our mothers have a responsibility of protecting our growing self. And sometimes we don't have that in life. Sometimes we have a mother who's not able to engage, who can't, who doesn't have, understand her own emotions. And so I found myself like that in many ways of not understanding how to even trust my own emotions because I really wasn't taught it. And so one of the things I love about working with you, Maria, is that you have given me that space and, and that way being that mama for me and, and teaching me that those are not emotions. These are just emotions. And these are things or these are just thoughts and, and that they don't have to control you. That's been a big thing for me. And so you talk about the physical release. I'm trying not to laugh over here because I'm just like, man, if you saw me two years ago, it is insane. The amazing physical release you get from this. I don't think we understand how much our emotions and thoughts and everything just literally, it's like the strings to our bodies. And if we're not using them correctly, we're not going to operate correctly. And so, right. So prior to that, uh, prior to doing all of this work, I, you know, was on disability and I was, my joints were dislocating easily and I had severe medical conditions. I was dealing with just fatigue, chronic illness, just all of these things. And as I started to work through all of this and especially those emotions, I got to a point where my body just started to stabilize more. So I went from using a cane and a wheelchair sometimes to jumping out of an airplane. I went from you know, not being able to get out of bed on a regular basis to giving myself grace to recognize that if I'm exhausted one day or something just seems off to go, oh, where is this? Where is this tide? Where's the emotion? Where's the thought? And then I start to recognize the areas I need to work on. And so what I love is, is that I have these tools that, again, like I said, you know, you, you, you recognize when it may be going too deep and go, okay, I better get help with this but all too often it's in layers. And so you can recognize the shallow end, so to speak, and know, okay, I can get in there. And so regardless of the depth of the water, you're able to swim around and and do what you need to do. And so I don't recognize myself from a year ago. And I'm up here in this very hilly area. And um, I was able to hike on the side of a mountain. I know it's, I know my wonderful friends up here, like Courtney, it's the foothills. I'm like, it's the offspring of the mountains. So therefore it's mountains. And so anyway, uh, I was able to do this entire hike on this side of this massive hill that normally my body wouldn't have been able to do. And yeah, lots of emotions came up, lots of thoughts came up, but I was able to process through them and it was great. So so good. And we just, uh, we appreciate you all sharing your testimony and your story. It's really how powerful this tool and this process is. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're going to hear from a couple of others, but is there anything else 
that you two ladies would share as a final thought or advice you would have on how to water your grass this week? Mm-hmm. Courtney? Okay, just do it. If anyone's sitting on the fence going, what's this, what is this stuff? Is it woo-woo? Is it, you know, what emotions? No, I'm, if you're a tough person, you've been through a lot of things and you're like, ah, I don't need to mess with that stuff. Mm, yeah, you do. Take the time, take the opportunity to give yourself that gift and that grace. And so the way to just water your grasses is to, to know you're worth it. Love it. <laughs> Emily, how about you, girl? Yeah, I, I would say, let's see. I would say give yourself permission to enter into the uncomfortableness of whatever the emotion might be. Um, it might be scary, but you know, the only way that you can find whatever that is that you're kind of pushing down might be scared to face is, is to, to actually walk through it. Cause it's the fast, it's the fast route. <laughs> um, and you'll never, you'll never regret, you know, taking the time to work on yourself in that way. Um, you'll only see fruit from that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And how are you watering your grass this, this week? <laughs> what advice would you give? Mm, oh my goodness. Well, my kids have all been sick this week. <laughs> so the way I'm watering my grass is actually just giving myself permission to just deal with it. Like one little thing at a time, not getting too overwhelmed about the, you know, the things that are, that I think should be happening or I should be doing just living, living in the moment and, and just being completely present. Um, which I can say I've not always been great at, um, to just be able to let those things kind of go by the wayside until they need to be, you know, focused on, but yeah, just, I think giving myself permission to do what's needed in the moment, instead of worrying about the things that I actually don't have control over. Love it. Love it. Uh, we appreciate you ladies. Thank you for your yes to your continued just growth and wholeness journey. Cause I know that both of you guys continue to just step out into amazing things and we'll see you next time. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So Kiki, how about you? What has your experience been with emotional processing? I know you've done it both in a group context and then you've also done it uh, with some one-on-one. What has that been like for you, the actual process? And then what has come about as a result of it? Yes. So emotional processing, my goodness. Thank you, Lord, for it. Um, I think for me, the biggest takeaway has been the fact that before I even knew that emotions could be stored in the body, in my particular case, it was because of trauma. Um, I, I felt like I was kind of stuck, you know, and, and I couldn't quite pinpoint like what it was. And, um, you know, the women's school had kind of introduced me to mindset work, mm-hmm. but I had to be real. Like there was more to the, to just mindset work that I think I needed as a person in order to feel whole and heal. And it was through you, Maria. Yeah. We had, you know, we had some one-on-one sessions uh, where I felt like someone else holding space for me and really Mm -hmm. allowing me to feel the permission of just like having those stored emotions just like come out. I didn't even know how they were going to come out. And 
there was a lot, yeah, there was a lot of release there. And then came like a certain, um, uh, like consolation, which I think allowed for me to feel more free and okay. Like I don't have to hold it all together. Like I can, I can learn to process and it actually like puts me in a better place to do the mindset work yes. and the wholeness work. So that was, I think one of the greatest takeaways for me. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to be to like a better leader you know, yeah. to my own clients. Um, and so it's like a ripple effect, you know, like, so thank you so much for pouring into me in that way. <laughs> You've been such a joy too. Awesome. And then Matt, how about you? What has been your experience with that and the fruit from that as well? Yeah, no, I think it's exactly the same as Kiki, really. It's just been um, a revelation of the, the, just the time that some of these wounds or, you know, pain or whatever behavior that's been a pattern have been like a force in my life. And they've really been like a great, like, uh, kind of like blinders that really prevented me from seeing mm. my life clearly. And so again, like you said, you know, having somebody walk you through it. Um, and you know, I, I just have to say that, um, I was talking with somebody recently about this, that to me, it's a combination of both having Jesus there and also having somebody in the body of Christ there who maybe mm. understands this. I love the strategy and I love, you know, the clarity of, um, that process. And yet for me, without Christ there, I would never have the guts to Mm. go into those painful places and to face that, that, that brokenness, that pain, whether it's betrayal, deceit, um, you know, abandonment, those, those deep wounds that like just scar us and they keep us from really living the life we're here for. And so to me, it's a supernatural opportunity to see the world as it is and the the way Mm -hmm. creation as it is and to see us as we are. And then to like be free, Kiki, like you said, the freedom, almost like every person that I forgave in that, you know, litany, somebody told me recently, this is similar to the litany of forgiveness or litany of humility Mm -hmm. or one of those great prayers, the same three-part structure of forgiveness, of taking something back and and releasing. And um, after each one of those people, I physically, I could feel the lightness. I could feel the joy. I could feel the release. And, you know, after a good hour, it took me a while after a good hour of that. Um, I mean, you know, I was flying. Now the fascinating part about that is, is just because I got rid of all those lies and the sin that's produced, you know, because when there's a lie in our life, we try to compensate, at least I try to compensate for it with some sin or some brokenness. And when all that was lifted, I discovered there was just a simple wound there, something that I'd misunderstood without all the mm-hmm. piles of, you know, of wounds on top of it. And then it, it gave me the peace and the confidence to step into that and say, why am I so afraid of this? What yeah. God has invited me here. And then I, ever since then, I've been able to stay in that space. It hasn't been easy, mm-hmm. but I've had the clarity and confidence to stay in that space and stay there mm-hmm. and see what Christ has for me. And it's been beautiful. Mm, I love it. What about, uh, what would you say to someone who is kind of on the fence about doing any emotional processing? They're like, oh gosh, that sounds really complicated. That sounds hard. That sounds painful. What would you say to that person who is considering doing it, but they're just, they're kind of hesitant. Kiki, you want to go again? Yeah. So I think it's a normal, you know, it's a normal feeling, um, especially when we've been so, uh, used to holding our emotions um, and being stuck in them, not even knowing it sometimes. So, can totally validate that. I would say that 
truly like our soul, our bodies, like our person, they, it knows what to do. So as long we, so as long as we give it permission and give it that space, um, and really, yeah, just really hold it, you know, um, because we want, we want to be able to give those emotions, uh, like reels and not have them kind of go all over the place, but really, you know, understand them and why, why are they coming out? Like, so I think it's more so maybe people feeling scared of what the result of the emotions kind of coming out is going to bring, mm-hmm. um, maybe like after emotions, cause there's some of those yeah. too, but I would say that trusting that your, your human person is literally created to be able to guide those emotions. And the person guiding you is going to add some extra support. And just like Matthew said, like, it just, it really holds true that the body of Christ, like we're in this together. So yeah. I feel like that added community and support makes all the difference. Mm, beautiful. Matt, what would you say to someone who's kind of hesitant about doing it or considering it? I'd say, come on, let's do it. Let's jump in there. Because I'll tell you, it's like, first of all, I'm just pumped to be here because like you guys have the greatest podcast and I'm such a big fan. And like the work, the work of the body of Christ, like always illuminates, you know, it always shows us things. And we all know we have blind spots. If you have any self-awareness whatsoever and you have close friends, you know, they see you better a lot of times than you see yourself. And so what, this is an opportunity really for trust, for faith, for fellowship, for intimacy, because it takes trust to sit with someone and let them see that. And, you know, there's going to be tears. Let's just be honest, you know, even for big, tough, you know, burly men and stuff like that, we're going to cry our eyes out because, because we're broken and we're dependent, you know, we're, we're in the same receptive place as the rest of the church and that receptive receptivity is as, as Mary, and Mary had no idea, no idea what she's getting herself in for when she said yes. But she knew one thing. She knew she trusted God. She knew she was here for a good reason, a good purpose. And for me, that's all I need to know to step into any area of my life. And um, I do want to see the things that God has for me that I can't see right now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you too. Thank you for being on with us today and excited for others to get to just hear your guys' experience. Cause I think when we hear what others have been through, it helps to give us the courage to step into that as well. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you so you. much. All right. And now we have Tim Howard, Tim, we are so excited to have you here. Thank you for being on girl water, your grass and welcome. It's great to be with you, MK and Maria. Well, thank you so much. And tell us, you know, as we're giving our testimonies and just talking about how emotional processing has impacted you in your life, just tell us a little bit about your experiences with it and the fruit that you have gotten from it. Well, emotional processing has had a huge impact on my life and especially in the last year or so. Um, And the concept was first introduced to me uh, through Maria, my um, co-author and collaborator on the, the Mirror Book Project. And I was trying to work through something that came up that was the result of trying to make a positive change in my life, but it uncovered something deep within me that was hurting. So uh, Maria actually initially recommended a a resource that I reached out to that helped me to process some things and and kind of helped me to move forward. It was a huge impact, kind of a a really big awakening with me of a a new way of thinking even about myself. So, for years, I've had this nickname, Tenacious Tim, and it's served me well in many aspects of life. But what I came to the realization is that um, that's kind of that unholy self-reliance, right? Unholy self-reliance. Your own effort, your own will, your own will. So 
shifted in thinking it came to me in the midst of this process to be a tenderhearted Tim, which is much more of godly reliance and realizing that, you know, some of these things are, are not within our own ability to heal from or to solve a problem or to make a change. And we really need to lean into our faith and lean into God to help us through that. So that was a hugely powerful shift uh, that took place earlier. And then what's interesting uh, is sometimes it uncovers that maybe that deep hurt and that's one layer. Keep going back to the onion, right? (laughs) One layer at a time. Yeah. And then, then you may experience something else that's, you know, something else that's uh, revealed in the process that you got to work through. So I've actually, um, different forms of emotional type processing one kind of uh, through like uh, healing ministry another one like maria has helped facilitated for me something i was working through uh, directly that was affecting us in terms of our collaboration and how we work effectively together she guided me through a process that was very helpful very powerful continues to impact me and then i've been through some other training in my coaching business of a different approach uh, but all centered around how do we use a process to help us to recognize, bring forth whatever those emotions are that we haven't figured out how to deal with on our own. And in all three instances, really bringing our faith into play too. And how do we bring the Lord into that and heal and be set free from, because really ultimately it's about freedom, right? That's right. So we're all about here. Grow out of your grass. Is that God's dreams over us are bigger than our own. And just walking more and more into freedom and how we can continue to do that and and really surrendering our life to the Lord because that leads us to that place of freedom, right? So absolutely. And it's really powerful that you've done it multiple times and you continue to see the fruit that comes from the process and walking through it with someone. Yeah, you know, and you you guys know in your coaching is that you're helping to see your clients see their own mind. Mm-hmm. And, and that's powerful because we know that our emotions flow from our thoughts, right? So we need to help uncover those. But sometimes we get stuck. And, uh, and sometimes one approach or one modality, you know, Maria's skilled in many modalities. You've had training in different modalities. But sometimes one modality is very effective for one thing, but there may be something else that's more effective for something else. And then sometimes uh, who, who is facilitating you through that process, depending on what their relationship is and, and how skilled they are, they can bring a different dynamic to that experience for you. But in, on balance, it's about helping, getting help from someone else to teach you how to do that, whether they're specifically guiding you through that or to teach you how to do for yourself, even how in your journaling process daily, how are you walking through what thoughts are coming up in your mind? What kind of emotions are being revealed from those thoughts? And what do you want to do with that? And where do you bring the Lord into play into that to help you to live the best life that you can for yourself, for your contribution in the world that you're showing up each day that you're interacting with the people in your lives, whether it be your husband, your children, your significant other, your business colleagues, your clients, how do you show up to be the best for yourself? If you're struggling with something emotionally and not processing it, you're not going to be able to be the best version of yourself. So that's what I'm all about is trying to be the best version of Tim every day. So the shift has been from more being a tenacious Tim to more a tender hearted Tim that's 
where I continue to need help and growth and do how to truly be the best version of myself in that. Oh, so good. And, and just anything that draws us closer to God and to uh, exuding more love, which is what this is exactly exemplifying here from Tenacious, yeah. which we all want to have a, a good amount of tenacity, <laughs> right? But to to just tenderhearted and exuding more love, that's what God is love, right? And that's that's why we do the emotional processing specifically from a Christian perspective, because we believe that without God, you can do nothing. And that, you know, I'm not designed to be your savior. Maria's not designed to be your savior. We're never yeah. supposed to be that. And so really just surrendering it to the Lord and holding that space and allowing the Lord to come in and do the work. It takes the pressure off people. It's great, but we just appreciate you being here and sharing your experience. All of you all, we appreciate all of your testimonies and just kind of teaching the world what emotional processing is and the fruit that it can bring to your life. So thank you for being here and just giving us a sneak peek into what it's done for you. And we'll have to have you back when we uh, can talk about the project you're working on as that comes to fruition. So. Thanks for being here, Tim. All right, MK. Great to be with you. And, th- and to all of our listeners, we just are so grateful for you. Continue to like, share, download, and we will see you back next week on Girl Water Your Grass. <laughs>